0: Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Instructional Design Career podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping new and aspiring instructional designers get the knowledge, skills, and confidence to stand out in the field and land their first corporate instructional design job. I'm your host, Jill Davidian, and think of this podcast as a way to put my over 20 years of corporate ID experience in your back pocket. I've helped over 500 new instructional designers successfully transition into the field, and I know what hiring managers are looking for. Whether you're looking for a career change and exploring if instructional design is right for you, or you know you want to become an ID and have no idea how to get started, you are in the right place. Join me each week for actionable guidance as we explore how to build your portfolio, transform your resume, and interview with confidence. Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Instructional Design Career podcast. I know that's a mouthful but it really gets to the mission of this podcast, which is to help new or aspiring instructional designers to really stand out in the field and get hired. If you have no idea where to start or what to do, this is going to be the podcast for you. And I'm so excited to kick off our first episode. I want to first give you a background on my story and where I've come from. But before I do that, I just want to say I am so excited that you are here with me. And I'm so excited to kick this off for 2023 and beyond. This has been a long time coming. I have been trying to start this podcast for two plus years now. But as many of you know, about three years ago, I started helping new instructional designers get into the field and get work in the corporate world after being an instructional design for at that point, I think 17 years. And it really blew up and I've helped over 500 new instructional designers get work in corporate instructional design for companies as large as Google, Amazon and Apple to sometimes much smaller companies, but they've been able to get work in the corporate space. And that really has been my life's work and my focus and my mission for the last three years. So I haven't been able to start this podcast, but I made a goal. I drew a line in the sand and said, This is it. I have so much to share with you all, and I really want it to get out to a broader audience and not just to the instructional designers that I'm able to help get into the field. I think everyone needs this information, and so that is why I am here. So this episode is not just going to be a chronology of my life, right? I do want to tell you a little bit about my background and why I am qualified to be able to help you on this journey but I really hope that it inspires you as well, as that is also my mission. It's not just to give you instructional design knowledge. That's part of it, right? You have to have those skills and that knowledge in order to go get an instructional design job. But I also want to inspire because if you don't really want this and you don't really focus yourself on getting it, it's going to be difficult. Career transitions are hard. They're not always The easiest thing to do because you're kind of in that middle ground of being where you were before and trying to get to where you are, you know, for your next step. And you haven't got there yet. And that middle ground is often a little bit shaky. And so I really hope I inspire you to stick with it, to keep moving, to keep your end goal in mind so that you actually do get to the other side, because that is ultimately my goal. All of this knowledge And learning all these skills means nothing if you're not able to put them into practice and actually become a corporate instructional designer. So my goal for this episode is to not only give you a background and insight into me, but also to make sure that you are inspired as well. You will hear me talk about this idea of freedom a lot as you listen to this podcast. Like I said, transitioning careers is hard. And you have to be consistent and you have to keep your why at the forefront. I really want you to work on achieving that goal of freedom, whatever that means to you. If you lose sight of that, this is really going to be a rough transition. And my guess is that you are here for a reason. That reason isn't because you love your job. It may be because your job is super stressful. It's keeping you in a paycheck to paycheck cycle or it's affecting time with your family. You need that freedom. You need financial freedom, time freedom, freedom to live a life that you love. That's why we're here. I'm not here just to help you become an instructional designer. I'm here to help you build a life that you love and that isn't killing you in the process. That is my why. That's why I do what I do. And I really want you to find your why as well. Now, does that mean that we're not going to go into the nitty gritty and teach you how to build a portfolio, restructure your resume, translate your transferable skills and all of those things with this podcast? We absolutely are. Of course, you need all of that. And that's really primarily what this podcast is about. But freedom is going to be at the forefront all along the way. And I want to talk to you about my story and how that comes through. Okay, so that being said, let's get a little bit into my story. So if you don't know me, my name is Jill Davidian. I have been in the instructional design space now for over 20 years. We'll kind of go back to when I graduated from college and I'll kind of start there and I'll tell you a little bit about the past and how I got to where I am. So I actually graduated in 2002 with an economics degree from undergrad. I had no idea what I was going to do with that. So what do you do when you have no job? You go to grad school. Now, I didn't really know what instructional design was. And, you know, for many people, they don't know what that is in undergrad because there isn't even an undergrad program for instructional design. Actually, at the time, there were only two master's programs for instructional design in the whole country. But I found out about it and I decided I wanted to do this grad program and decided that I would really love this field because it involved learning and technology. So when I was younger, I always wanted to be a teacher, but I decided pretty early on that it was not going to make me a good living. I don't know what gave me that idea as a young person, but I just knew that I wasn't gonna make the money that I needed to, even though I love learning and I loved helping people. So when I discovered instructional design and I found out that I could not only help people and continuously learn, but it also involved technology, which is something I also loved. I was in heaven. I actually started my undergrad with a major in computer science because I thought that was the way to go. And then I realized it was all this coding. And I was like, oh, forget that. I'm not doing that anymore. So I wanted to be on the technology side, but not coding. So it was like this was the best of all worlds. Right after undergrad, I went to grad school for instructional design. So I've been in instructional design my whole career. This is not the path that most people take. In fact, when I tell people that I've been in instructional design my whole career, they look at me like I'm a unicorn. Like, what? Is that even possible? Because again, most people don't even know about it. As an undergrad or even when they graduate, they go to school for something else and usually pursue that for a while. And then they end up in instructional design as a second or third career. So if that's you, and you're looking at this, and you're later on in life, and you're maybe this is your second, third, or sometimes fourth career, and you're like, oh my goodness, can I start over? I'm going to be competing with all these people who have been in the field forever. Just know that that's the norm. My story is not the norm. Now, I worked in higher ed for about three years as an instructional technologist, which is kind of like an instructional designer, but I realized quickly that higher ed was not where the money is. And so I decided I wanted to get into corporate. And as soon as I finished my master's, because I worked in higher ed while I was still in grad school, I got my first contract. It was with Eli Lilly, which is a pharmaceutical company in Indianapolis. And I was so excited. My first corporate contract. So I started my first day. I remember I was making $35 an hour at that time on my first contract right out of grad school. And I go into my first day thinking, I know it all. Like, I just got done with grad school. At that time, there were only two grad programs in the country for this. And so I was like, I went to one of them. Like, I know this. I got in there. They expected me to hit the ground running. They gave me a bunch of content. They gave me a subject matter expert to work with who did absolutely nothing. They were waiting for me to ask them for what I needed. They didn't initiate anything. And they were waiting for me to schedule a kickoff meeting. Now, if you don't know what a kickoff meeting is, we're going to have an episode on that. So don't worry. But thankfully, you have this podcast to have an episode on that. I didn't have a podcast to listen to. I didn't have any of these groups or anything out there to get this information about what instructional design was. I was lost. I was staring at this content. Wondering, what the heck am I supposed to do? And I kind of, you know, just delayed things a little bit. And I was analyzing the content. And they kept saying, when are you going to schedule the meeting? And I was like, it's coming. It's coming. Finally, they were like, um, it doesn't seem like you're doing anything here. And they ended up letting me go. Three days. I believe it was three days. I know it was less than a week into this contract. I was done. I was devastated. Absolutely devastated. Devastated. And so I ended up going back to higher ed for a year because I was like, maybe I'm not fit for corporate. Maybe I can't do this. And so that just goes to show, Unfortunately, you still to this day, you don't learn what you need to learn in grad school. and if you are able to get a job, you still end up pretty lost. And thankfully, there's a lot of resources like this podcast that are really going to pave the way for you to not only learn what you need to learn to succeed, on a practical level, but also to stand out. I just wish I had had those resources back then, but I didn't. So I went back to higher ed for a year and then I was like, okay, I'm going to try again. I'm going to try to get into corporate again. This has got to work. So I ended up applying for a bunch of jobs. I found finally my first instructional design job in the corporate space. It was for Discover Card. If you guys remember those credit cards, I know some people still have them, but they're not as popular as they used to be. Well, I worked for Discover Card at their headquarters outside of Chicago, and I was developing training for their customer service and salespeople. So you know when you call your credit card company and you ask questions about your card or they transfer you to say, hey, do you want to open a new card, that type of thing? I was developing training for those people in that call center. And so that was really fun. It was really exciting. It was my first foray into the corporate world, and I was hooked. I absolutely loved it. I worked for a few companies over the next seven or eight years in many different fields and industries. And that's one of the really cool things that you can do in this field is you can work across industries. You do not have to be the subject matter expert or know the material that you are developing training for. They give you subject matter experts and they help you with that. You are the learning expert. And we're going to talk more about that in later episodes. But I worked in manufacturing and finance and banking and property management and I ended up in oil and gas. So my last job before I started my business, which I'll talk about in a second, was for BP, which is a large oil company that is based in London, one of the largest oil companies in the world. And I had a pretty cool job there. So what I did was I managed leadership development programs. So we were developing leadership training for supervisors up through VPs in ethical and inclusive leadership. So I worked really closely with the chief ethics officer and the chief inclusion officer at BP. And I would make sure that the training was developed the way it should be. I would make sure that the trainers who were training that were training consistently I would manage the schedules. This was for all of North and South America. So it involved a lot of travel. I ended up in Brazil and Trinidad and even up in the North slope of Alaska. So that's one of the cool things about this career is that you can do those types of things if you want to, but you don't have to. Some jobs involve travel and some don't, but it's definitely not a requirement at all. So I did that for a while where I managed not only instructional designers who were developing the training, but like I said, the trainers, everyone who was involved, all of the project management, working really closely with leaders of the company. But I eventually got laid off because they moved my position to London. And that brought me to a crossroads. I decided I didn't want to work a full-time job anymore. I was done. That was it. No one was going to lay me off again. And so I started working contract work. I was always really interested in switching to different types of work, working with different people, working with different projects. And I really got kind of bored with working with one company for a longer period of time. So I decided that contract work was going to be the thing for me. It also pays more. And I was ready to make more money. I had hit six figures at BP, but I felt like I had kind of hit a ceiling for full-time work at that time. And so I really wanted to make more money. So I started doing contract work, but it was still in the office because back then most companies were still... In office. There was not a lot of remote work going on and so I still felt like I had a job. It was shorter. It might have been for a six-month period of time, but I was still going into an office every day. I did that for a couple of years, but remote work was really calling me. I really, really wanted to be able to travel and work from home. Travel has always been my passion. So meanwhile, throughout this whole process, I ended up starting a company. You can do contract work without a company, but I actually ended up starting one because if you're going to do it more often, you definitely want to have a company. It's much better in terms of taxes and all those types of things, but we'll talk about that in a later episode. So meanwhile, I'm having this whole issue with wanting to work remotely and feeling like I'm still trapped in a job, even though I'm really not. And so in 2016, I made a big leap. Now, I'll tell you where this leap was inspired from. When I was in middle school, I went to work with my mom one day, and she was an administrative assistant in an IT department for a healthcare company. And I met these two IT consultants. They were consultants. They were contractors. They didn't work there full time. It was a couple. They were married. They told me that they worked six months a year and traveled six months a year. Their kids were grown, you know, they were kind of working on their own schedule, but They were able to make enough money in six months that they didn't have to work the other six months of the year. When I heard that, I was in middle school, but I was like, this is going to be me. I'm going to get there someday. I don't know how. I didn't even know what I was going to do with my career. Definitely wasn't going to be an IT consultant, but I knew I was going to get there. And it's amazing how these stories, these things that you hear, they stick with you. I don't even remember the couple. I don't remember what they look like. I don't remember what their names were, but I remember what they told me. And that stuck with me. And in 2016, I said, this is it. Oil was kind of crashing. Oil prices were going down. The heyday of traveling all over the place was over. And I was still working in oil and gas, even though I was doing contract work. And I decided it was time to make a pivot. Number one, you can do this in any field, right? You can do instructional design in any field, like I said. So I needed to get out of oil and gas. And two, I was ready to never go into an office again. So in May 2016, I just quit. I quit my contract, I was done. Now, my passion has always been to travel. I was a single mom. I've actually been a single mom throughout this entire thing since my son was born. And my son at the time was eight years old. I wanted better for him as well. It's kind of scary because I was the only income and I knew I was taking a big leap, but I also knew that I wanted to travel and have our summers. It wasn't gonna be six months because he was in school but I wanted to have our summers to travel. So we took that summer in 2016 and we traveled to 12 countries on three continents. We were in Asia, we were in Europe, and we were in Australia. I came back from that summer, like, I'm gonna make this work. I'm not sure how, I think I had a part-time client that I was doing remote work for on the side, but that was it. But I was like, I am determined to make this work. I said, I am never going into an office again. My mom thought I was crazy. I'm a bit of a risk taker. She is not. And so she said, you can't do this as a single mom. This is your only income. And I said, watch me. So I came back. So I came back and made it happen. Now, I was okay with making less money because I was making really good money as a contractor working in an office 40 hours a week. However, I just wanted freedom. And so I was like, it's okay if I make less money as long as I can take care of myself and my son. Well, that is laughable now because I actually end up making a lot more money. But when I got back, I got to work. Word of mouth traveled like crazy. I literally couldn't keep up with the people that wanted to hire me to do instructional design work. I continued to do contract work where I would find contracts through job sites, but I would do it remotely. I would not go into an office. And I started to get my own clients. Now, what's crazy is that A Facebook memory came up. You know how your Facebook memories come up and say, this is what you said five years ago. Well, one came up and it was that day five years ago. And this was in 2016, shortly after I had quit my job or my contract. It said, in five years, I am going to be at the point where I am able to take three months off a year to travel with my son. Isn't that crazy that I totally forgot that I said that in 2011? And literally five years later, that comes up right after it happens. It's crazy how you put these things out into the universe and they end up manifesting themselves in many cases. I actually went back to try to find that memory, that Facebook memory later, couldn't find it, but found lots of others where I had been speaking this into existence over the last five years and had completely forgot, saying, this is my future. This is what's going to happen in five years, all based on what that couple had told me in middle school, right? You can't strive for more if you don't even know it's possible. And that's part of what I want to inspire you all to know that it's not just about instructional design. It's not just about helping people, which is very important, but it's also about creating that life of freedom for yourself, whatever that means to you. We don't need to kill ourselves for a job. We really don't. And so I just want to show you that that is possible. And maybe I'm that person for you, like that middle school couple was for me. So I went on the next couple of years, had so much work that I really couldn't keep up. It's kind of crazy. I just had a Facebook memory. Another one come up yesterday talking about how 2018 was like my best year ever. And I had doubled my already good revenue in 2017. Kept this up until 2019, where people kept asking me, when are you going to help us get into this field? They saw me traveling all over the place. They saw me taking my laptop and working from Colombia with my son where we would sightsee for a couple of days and then I would take meetings for a couple of days or being on the beach in Tanzania with my phone on a conference call or at a water park while he's playing with his friends in another country and I'm you know, doing work, which is perfectly fine. People say, oh my goodness, you should be on vacation. Why are you doing that? But that's the life that I created for myself where I'm able to do those things more often and I don't have to take that one week or two weeks or three week vacation every year where I really have to unplug because my life is just so stressful. This was my life. One time I was working in Belgium in this really cute hotel. They had like a library that was like a courtyard. It was like open air courtyard in the middle of the hotel. And I wasn't supposed to be working that day. I was supposed to be sightseeing, but I had to cancel because I had a client call me and tell me they needed me right then. And someone I had met the previous day, she was from Europe. She was also a, a tourist. And she walked by and she said, oh, my goodness, on a holiday, you're working. Oh, how terrible. And I said, don't feel sorry for me. This is the life I created. I created a life where I can work from Europe. I have the ability to. I don't have to fly home when there's an emergency with my employer or with a client. So don't feel bad. I'm enjoying this beautiful courtyard. I get to work from Belgium. How cool is that? So people were asking me all the time, how do I get into this field? What can I do? Can you teach me? Can you teach me? And I was like, I don't know how I can teach you how to get into this field. And honestly, I don't have the time. I had so much work. And so a lot of it was imposter syndrome. You know, you keep putting things off and you say it's because of this and you say it's because of that. But really, it was kind of scary going into something new of teaching people. I was doing the thing and I had been doing it for, gosh, 18 years at that point. But teaching other people to do it was kind of scary. And frankly, I was afraid of stopping what I was doing with my client work because that's what paid the bills. I am a single mom, right? And then I reminded myself, you're a risk taker. You know, no risk, no reward, right? Like I reminded myself what I did in 2016. And I said, you know what? let's try this. What's the worst that can happen? There is so much work in instructional design that if you decide to take a break from it and try something new, you can always go back to it. Because there's no way I could have done both. I couldn't continue with the client work at the speed I was doing it. I had sometimes 10 plus projects at one time and I had already hired people to help me because there was just so much work out there. I couldn't continue at that pace and then also help people get into the field. So in 2019... I took another risk. I quit everything. I even canceled a couple of contracts in the middle, obviously on good terms with them and helped them find other people to finish the contracts and all of that. But I said, I'm not taking any more corporate work. I am gonna try to make this happen. I started a Facebook group and I started helping people and it took off. And so that's what I have been doing the last three years. I started Applied Instructional Design Academy, which has morphed into a very different program than it was three years ago. And we've helped over 500 new instructional designers get work in the corporate space. I feel like I have found my life's passion. It is so amazing to see people that are really, really struggling with their career and it's affecting their life in ways that you can't even imagine, kind of come over to the other side and realize that it doesn't have to be this way. It does not have to be this way. And so I've really enjoyed helping people find that freedom. So I want to ask you, where do you see yourself in five years or one year? How do you want your life to be different? And I don't want you to just think about it in terms of, I want to be an instructional designer. Why do you want to be an instructional designer? As I said in the beginning of this, most of us are not here because we love our job. If we were, we just stay there. There's a reason why you want to transition into instructional design. You may love learning, and I hope you do because this field requires it. You may love helping people and I hope you do because that's also a requirement. But you could do that in lots of different fields. You might be doing that in the field that you're in now and that's why you got into it or at least that's what you hope to do in the field you're in now. Why do you wanna switch? What is not working for you with what you're doing right now? You have to find that why and you have to declare that you are going to be there. Is it to travel more like it was for me? I wanted to be able to travel three months a year with my son And have financial freedom while doing it. Is it that you just want to spend more time with your family? Maybe traveling is not your thing and that's okay, but you just feel like you're missing out on the lives of your kids or maybe your parents are aging. Maybe it is financial freedom. You're living paycheck to paycheck and you're like, I just can't do this anymore. Maybe it's just stress, a stress from all of those things. Maybe you are feeling a lot of pressure at work. It's affecting your health. We've had people say that even their doctors have told them that they need to change careers for their own health. I love instructional design because, well, one, I love learning. Two, I love helping people. And three, I love the life it's afforded me. And I really want that for you too. I want you to be able to design your life and not have work define your life. That is really, really important to me. So I'm going to wrap this episode up, but I really want you to think about that. Use that as food for thought. Where do you see yourself? in the next five years. And how can you declare that, whether it's on Facebook or anywhere else, that you are going to be there? It is not a nice to have, a maybe, or all of those things. It is going to happen. It all starts with taking that leap of faith. Now, we're going to have episodes not only dedicated to the nuts and the bolts and how to make your portfolio stand out and all about adult learning and about resume rewriting and all of those things. We're gonna have all of that, but we're also gonna focus on how do we really make sure that we stay the course? Because like I said in the beginning, all of that doesn't matter if you don't get to the other side. The first few episodes of this podcast are now up. You can go listen to them and I invite you to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. These episodes are going to be meaty I will be interviewing people who have transitioned into the field. I will be interviewing hiring managers and recruiters who hire IDs. And I will be giving you all of my knowledge about how to transition into this field from my view on the hiring side of things. Sometimes it's very hard to envision what you need to do when you're not able to see what's on the other side. You will see that I'm very real in making sure that you have all of the right information and the real deal not necessarily the politically correct answer. I will not be holding back. I tell you exactly like it is. I have so much to share with you from the knowledge I have gained from the last 2 to 3 years of helping people transition into this field and having countless conversations with hiring managers and recruiters at higher IDs and it's all bubbling up in my brain right now. I cannot wait to bring it to the surface. So make sure that you listen to the other episodes. Make sure that you subscribe so you do not miss an episode. We will have a new one every week. And I can't wait to walk this journey with you. Thank you for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Instructional Design Career podcast. I hope you've gained valuable insights that will help you on your instructional design journey. Are you interested in going deeper and getting the roadmap to an instructional design career? I have a free five-day workshop coming up on January 16th through 20th, 2023, where you will be live with me for an hour a day. I will help you identify the skills that you bring to the table, clarify your gaps, and get the direction you need to stand out to hiring managers to get that first ID job or contract. The link to register is in the description below and in the show notes on our website at learningstrategyanddesign.com slash podcast. And that's not all. To kick off the launch of this podcast, we are doing a giveaway with some big prizes. Enter to win a one-year license to articulate 360, which is an $1,100 value. I'm also giving away a one-on-one coaching session with me and three instructional design book bundles. To enter the giveaway and get more details, go to learningstrategyanddesign.com slash giveaway. You can also check the description and the show notes for more information. No purchase is required. If you love the show and want to hear more, follow the podcast and give me a rating and review. Stay tuned next week as I bring you more tips, tools, and strategies to jumpstart your instructional design career. Thank you for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Instructional Design Career podcast. I hope you've gained valuable insights that will help you on your instructional design journey. Are you interested in going deeper and getting the roadmap to an instructional design career? I have a free five-day workshop coming up on January 16th through 20th, 2023, where you will be live with me for an hour a day. I will help you identify the skills that you bring to the table, clarify your gaps, and get the direction you need to stand out to hiring managers to get that first ID job or contract. The link to register is in the show notes on our website at learningstrategyanddesign.com podcast. And that's not all. To kick off the launch of this podcast, we're doing a giveaway with some big prizes, Enter to win a one-year license to Articulate 360, which is an $1,100 value. I'm also giving away a one-on-one coaching session with me and three instructional design book bundles. To enter the giveaway and get more details, go to learningstrategyanddesign.com giveaway. You can also check the description and the show notes for more information. No purchase is required. If you love the show and want to hear more, follow the podcast and give me a rating and review. Stay tuned next week as I bring you more tips, tools, and strategies to jumpstart your instructional design career.